podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to After Extra Time, your footballing podcast. I'm your host, Jack. I'm here once again with my two cohorts, Mr. Adam Greeny Green, aka the Diva. <laughs> How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Very good. And my fellow cohort, the Millwall's legendary Alex Jack- Jacko Jackson. Mm-hmm. Hello, mate. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well. Good stuff, boys. Right, we'll get stuck in straight away. Obviously, yesterday you saw the Community Shield and it finished in a one all draw and Arsenal won on penalties. Did we see the game going to penalties, Greeny? Uh, no, mate. I, I thought the game would be won outright, whether that was with Arsenal or Liverpool. Uh, but for Arsenal deserved it after 90 minutes, mate. And Liverpool didn't look like the champions what we've seen in the last season, did it? I mean, Arsenal, mate, are playing some good football and they could be up there this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree, mate. I think their, their first goal was an example of that. Um, Jacko, are you surprised um, that Liverpool were not sloppy as such, but weren't really the side that they were when when they were in the league last season? You know, they were a little bit off sorts. Yeah, I was a little bit. Um, uh, you know, Mane had two really good chances um, before Minamino scored. That had he last season, he would have took them away. And the scoreline would have been completely different. Um, I think Arsenal played really well. Um, I think there are, there are positive signs going forward for them. There really are. I, I think you have to look at that now. Liverpool, they, they missed a few key players. Um, no Alexander-Arnold was one. No Henderson was another. Um, but I... I I sort of, I don't really take into consideration the result of the Community Shield. I think the way it used to be was was sort of a opposite of the football league season starting, but for up until up to the last few of them, they've just been sort of glorified pre-season friendlies. Um, I think Arsenal sort of went into it with an idea of how they want to set up regardless of who their starting eleven was. Um, but I'm not reading that much into it at this moment in time. Yeah, I think um, he hit now on the the, uh, the glorified pre-season friendlies. Um, just doesn't have that same feel about it. It's sort of not really classed as a, as, as a trophy that... I mean, yeah, it is a trophy, but it's not really... doesn't really come with the same sort of fame as the, the FA Cup or... Less yeah. so the Carabao Cup, because obviously people, again, that's sort of losing its significance in, in the football world. Greeny, what do you think? Do you think the Community Shield is slowly losing its, its value? <sighs> no, mate, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Um, it, it, mate, it's a, it's a trophy. How could you take it as a as an open game? You, you're going out to win a trophy. It all goes in the cabinet, mate. It's like any other trophy, isn't it? So you can't say to me that Liverpool went out there not wanting to win that trophy yesterday. No, I didn't say that Liverpool weren't looking to go out and win it. I'm just saying that it's a glorified friendly. If it wasn't, they wouldn't have made five or six set changes each side throughout the 90 minutes. Yeah, but you've got to remember, mate, it's, like you're saying, yeah, it is a pre-season game as such, but it's still a trophy, mate. Surely they want to win it. 
yeah, but if you're going to have it as a trophy, at least have some sort of match competitive behind it instead of rotating your squad after 60 minutes. Well, that that's that's how I see it's ma- it. It's, it's you know. match fitness, isn't it, as well as? Yeah. No, I'm I'm not disagreeing with that. I just see it as a glorified friendly. That's all. I don't know. I think I think if we have some Liverpool fans or Arsenal fans, we'd get a, probably a better answer. I don't know. Possibly. I mean, <coughs> yeah, I, think... I, I mean, I'd, I'd, if mate, if I was Leicester, mate, I'd hope they're going out there to win it and. Whether it's a pre-season, I'd take it as a... If I was the gaffer, put it that way, I'd go out there to win it, no matter yeah, what. I don't think we're saying that teams aren't looking to win it, because, of course, like you say, it is a trophy. But mm. I just think... I get... like the, the glorified pre-season friendly is a good point, and it? It's not... For me, it's not even the fact that it's like that. It's just the fact that it, it's kind of like an irrelevant trophy to win. It's not like... If someone was like, oh, you won the community shield, no one... No one really cares. It's not like like winning the FA Cup. You'd be like, fair enough, you know the history, everything behind it. But the community ship, it's like I think even last season, and I know we obviously had the break with uh, the COVID situation and that. But I couldn't. Well, I probably could, but I couldn't really tell you who won the community ship last year because it's that you just kind of forget about mm. it, and it's just kind of like Jackie says, it's sort of that sort of pre-season friendly vibe about it, and I think. It was probably played a little bit too early. I don't know if you boys agree, because the season's obviously two weeks away still. So yeah. would they not have been better, maybe playing it next week or in the week before the season started? Because surely two weeks before yeah. it loses its feel. Yeah, because how it used to be done. I know, obviously, we've had the shake-up of it, but the weekend that the Football League got back up and so the Championship League 1 and 2 on the Sunday they had the Community Shield because that was to sort of signify the week before the Premier League that was the big sort of oomph about it Yeah. but instead of it being the same weekend that the Championship and League 1 and League 2 and everyone's getting themselves riled up for the football season it's happened a week before Carabao Cup fixtures and then two weeks before the actual league season starts yeah so yeah, I, I know I know they can't. I know they've had to change everything because of the situation that the world has been in. I get that, but yeah, I'm I'm just not for whatever reason. I just wasn't feeling it yesterday. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. I, I, as I say, I just see it as a, over, a glorified preseason friendly. Yeah. Okay, so football was sort of back in a sense. Obviously, we had the Community Shield and we had. Um... Four EFL Cup fixtures, uh, mm. the first of which, Greeny, I'm going to come over to you for this. Blackburn mm. beat Doncaster three two. Yeah, not not really up there, is it? No, no. Mate, again, it's that's a nothing game, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's one of them. It's, that's nothing like to me to the charity charity shield. Them sort of games to me, I don't even bother watching. Because they're not worth it, mate. Like Leicester played Birmingham in pre-season, mate. I didn't watch it. Leicester played Sheffield. I didn't watch it. And they're live. I just can't watch a pre-season game. No, but these this is EFL. These were these were the League Cup games. Yeah, I know. It's the same. That's the same sort of feel I get for them. The League Cup. That's what I'm trying to say. But is that because your team isn't in it till round three mm. or round two? Yeah, possibly, mate. It could well be. I just can't get into them. That's why I'm just reflecting. It's like a pre-season game, like you're saying about the Community Shield. That's no, how I, I see them round 
it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's nothing I, for me, mate. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's like you said, if it's because my team and then it's till round three. Yeah, I, just, I, don't know. I can't get and the feel of it, mate. Again, it's sort of that fact that they're sort of staggered fixtures. Like the, the majority, mm. the majority of the EFL Cup fixtures are next weekend. Mm. Yeah. So for me, why play four four games the week before? You can maybe yeah. you could maybe stagger some during the week and have a couple of midweek games. I understand that. Mm. Um, I, I just don't get why they play those four on the the week before. But there was no sort of hype up to it either. No. Because I had um, until I'd sort of turned on the news yes uh, this morning, I hadn't realised that there were EFL Cup games that had gone up. There was no sort of indication that they were starting this season or the start of the EFL Cup this week. And I just think they've missed the sort of... I, I know it's difficult because there's no fans and it doesn't, you know, word of mouth and it doesn't get the crowd going, all that sort of stuff. But there was just no hype around it whatsoever. And I, yeah, I just I just feel that it was pointless having four of the fixtures the weekend before everyone else played. I don't know what the significance of that was for the FA. I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, none of the games are even on telly either, so it's not like they have the. the They're on Saturday, aren't they? Yeah, I think I think Derby are on Sky against Barrow. I think. Yeah, it's on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, so you could understand that one, but even. Yeah. Even like, even one of the four, you'd have thought they'd have put on the telly. I know, obviously, the community mm-hmm. shield was was on BT, but surely Sky would pick up one of those games and think maybe even I don't know. Anyway, so yeah. these fixtures, obviously, Jacko Preston beat Mansfield four 0 That's pretty rude. Yeah. Um, surely you couldn't see Mansfield beating Preston. No, I couldn't. I think um, Mansfield didn't have a great season in League Two last year. Um, so I wasn't really expecting any sort of trees to be upturned there. So I, I think it was a case of Preston had to go out there, especially after the back end of the, their, their season where they sort of just dropped away. Um, I think it was key for them to sort of hit the ground running. Um, and if if Alex Neal has, has started off with a win or okay against the League Two side, I think that would be a big confidence to them because I'm pretty I'm almost certain questions would be asked in and around. Northwest of England, you know, can Preston sort of compete in the championship this season or are they just going to do something similar to how they were last season? So I think a lot of people are saying that the championship isn't as competitive this year with the fact that West Brom, uh, Fulham and um, I can't even think of the other one that went up Leeds, um, they sort of made it quite a, a tough league. But I don't think people have got the same sort of feel about Bournemouth, Watford and, and Norwich coming back down. Um, so I, I think it may be a, a few opinions out there that may feel that the Championship is slightly more open than last season. So I think Preston have got to hit the ground running to be one of those front contenders because they, they were up there for the majority of last season anyway. Um, so you'd like to think they'd be there again or, or there or there, there or thereabout by the end of it. Yeah, I think they're they're definitely a team that should be pushing for playoffs. Um, yeah. They were there or thereabouts last year and just uh, faded towards the end of the season. Um, Greeny, Stoke drew nil nil with Blackpool, but they won five four on penalties. Yeah, we well. obviously spoke about Stoke before on this podcast. Mm. 
Um, and you said, I can't remember if you said Stoke were going to struggle or not. Season. Yeah, I did, yeah. And that's just proved it, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, but, Stoke, no, no, they're, yeah, they're, mate, they're in free fall, mate. They're in free fall, even with Michael O'Neill there. Like, there was no, there weren't no sign of improvement. Yes, he kept him up, you could argue that, but there was still no sign really of an improvement from when he's come in. And if you can't turn Blackpool over, I mean, what are they, League Two? There's something wrong there. League one. league one, League Two, yeah. So it's still something wrong there with Blackpool's players compared to Stoke players. I'll take a big look. Could be another difficult season for Stoke, and you could probably see another managerial change with Stoke come, I don't know, Christmas time. Maybe just a bit later, but I can't see them keeping Mark O'Neill there for the uh, remainder of the whole season. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, go on. If you look at that Stoke side, Greeny, would you say that they're um, underachieving? You know, they've got people like James McLean, Sam Klukas, Benikafobi, Bruno Martins, Indy, James Chester. You oh know, yeah, definitely. Coming, you know, they've got a good squad, and they're. Mm. So would you, would you say they're underperforming? Yeah, oh, definitely, mate. Definitely. So I mean, you hit it on the head, mate. You got like James Chester playing at the back, Danny Vaff, Indy's playing at the back. They used to be Premiership players. Nick Powell, Sam Klukas used to be Premiership players. McLean, Premiership player. Gregory, he's done it for Millwall. Bad goals. A phobie's been at Premiership level. How can they not play, you know, a better style of football than Blackpool and just edge them on penalties? 5-4. It's incredible, mate. They should be performing a lot better. And really, Stoke should be up there on, on paper, should be up there this year. Even probably what, let's say, touch playoff, they should be. I can't see it, mate. I reckon they're in the relegation scrap again. Yeah, I think. And then, um, touching on the last fixture then, Jacko, Stevie mm. three went up against Portsmouth, but they ended up yeah. drawing 3-0 and then losing 3-1 on penalties. Mm. Um, I'm not sure I'd have had that game done as a 3 draw personally. I don't know about you. No, I, I think Portsmouth... Portsmouth were disappointing in the, the playoffs last season. Um, Kenny Jackett's a good manager at League One level. Um, so I think yesterday was a bit of a, a, a wake-up call that Portsmouth need to sort of get their heads on early if they want to make headroads into into the start of the season. Um, Stevenage have never been one for sort of causing great cup upsets. Um, so to you know, surprised by that result really. Um, but fair play to McGivray. I think he saved three of the penalties in the shootout yesterday. Yeah. Um, but if if you're relying on your keeper to save in the penalty shootout, something's not right there. Especially with with the the quality of players that Portsmouth have got compared to Stevenage. I I, I would have had that down as a Portsmouth win from the off, but not relying on penalties to do it. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well, mate. Um, just to diversify it a little bit, boys, I don't know if you saw, but yesterday was also the Women's Community Shield. Mm. Chelsea beat Manchester City 2-0. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether you boys would have put Man City down to win that or Chelsea down to win that. Uh, I probably would have I probably would have fancied Chelsea. Um, they'd spent a lot of money bringing in uh, Sam Kerr from Australia. Um, Emma Hayes has, has worked really hard for that squad and yeah I I would have re- even though Steph Houghton has, has been a rock at the back for England 
in, in many years and for Man City, I was always going to back Chelsea, I think. And I, I will say that the, the sending off of Jill Scott, yes, it was a red card. It, well, it, it was a send, sending off offence. It was a second it was a second yellow. Um, but, yeah, I, I know, I do feel that changed the game, but I still think Chelsea were in the ascendancy before that. Kerr had an off day, according to Emma Hayes, and you sort of, you sort of think that it is just a one-off. But I, I will say this: it was a great goal by Millie Bright for for Chelsea's first absolute wonder strike. Um, for any player to score a goal like that at Wembley in a final is good. But yeah, I, I, I was always going to back Chelsea for that. Yeah, just sticking with uh, the women's uh, part of the game. The Champions League final and Wolfsburg play Leon. I don't know if you boys want to quickly predict a scoreline for that. I know obviously we, we, you boys might not really know massive stuff about both sides, but I mean, if you want to predict a score line, a score for that women's final? Um, I'd probably have to back Leon. Um, I think they've had. I think they beat Man City. Or if not, I think they've they've beat a couple of the English teams on the way to the final. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's um, it's Leon's to lose in my my opinion. Yeah, really, what do you reckon, Leon or Wolfsburg? Yeah, I think I have to go with Leon on that one, mate. They're quite comfortable, probably a three niller. Fair enough. There it is. Yeah, I think they're. Um looking for their seventh European triumph and their ninth appearance in the final as well. So they've got quite a good pedigree um, in the Champions League. So it'd be interesting to see. So, Jacko's just going to quickly dip off, but he should, he'll be back with us. So it's just me and you for now, Greeny. Yeah, let's carry on, mate. Uh, that's fine. Um, just... We'll touch on it briefly because we touched on it a little bit on, uh, on the podcast last week. Me and Jack had a, yeah. a bit of a debate about it. And I think the week before, you and Jacko also spoke about um, Rangers and Celtic and that. Um, yeah. Rangers won again yesterday with a 2 yeah. 0 win um, against Hamilton. Do yeah. you think that puts pressure on Celtic uh, to, to having to keep winning their games in hand? Um, not at the minute, mate, I don't think. I feel it only put pressure on them when they when they play each other. Yeah, I, I think you know as well as I do. Celtic can come from behind, mate. Ten, twelve points. You, we know, you're still never sure. Rangers, yeah, they're in good form. Celtic again, if they win their three games and they make their level. So, and again, if they lose one, then they play Rangers the back level. So I, don't, I wouldn't worry too much if you're a Celtic fan at the minute, mate. Like I said, if, if they beat Rangers, they're back in it, aren't they? Yeah, so obviously we said about Rangers um, not feeling the pressure, Celtic not feeling the pressure as well. Obviously Celtic didn't feel the pressure. They obviously beat Motherwell earlier on this afternoon. Greeny, mm. do you think, if I had to push you for it, mm. do you think Celtic will win the league again? I know we've touched about this on the podcast before. but uh, This year, mate, I've got a sneaky feeling Gerard would do it. Uh, I just think? feel, yeah, cause I feel there's a lot of Celtic players who are not happy at the minute. They're all putting in transfer requests. I mean, they've got the McGregor who's not happy there. I know there's another couple of players who are leaving. 
I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, I just feel there's something a bit different about Celtic and Rangers this year. And I think this will be the first time you'll see Rangers lift a trophy in a while. Do you think that mm. breaching the coronavirus protocols, some of the Celtic players, do you think that's affected them? Like the uh, dynamic in the. Yeah, it could be, mate. It could be, but it's the same for everyone, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I wouldn't want to put no money on it, Jack. Who would win the who would win the SPL? But if someone said, I don't know, have a punt, I'd probably punt towards Rangers. Yeah, I suppose at the minute Rangers are in the box seat purely because Celtic have got those games in hand. But mm. it's unlikely that Celtic will drop points in them games. Yeah. Uh, like I've touched on many times on here, and I don't want to go over it a lot because we've already touched on it. But I think the the Rangers sell it. The old firm games, they're the games that you need to win if you want to win the league. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, mate. And it depends. If there's no fans in there this year with all this COVID, uh, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Because obviously the fans get put, uh, pumped the players up and will you see a difference in play in these old-firm old derbies? Would they be the same? Would they be as crunching tackles and this and that? Who knows? It, or will it just be like a friendly feel again? Yeah, well, it could work to you know, Rangers or one of them's advantage as well. If they've not got the hostile atmosphere, mm. might be a bit more relaxed or if the, you know, if the fans are from the home side aren't there and they can relax and play their own football a bit, you know, the pressure of the mm. game is obviously still there, but obviously with no fans being there, it kind of takes a little bit of the edge away from the situation. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. Yeah, yeah. Right, just touching on some transfer gossip. I know we've uh, spoke a little bit about on the Facebook Live uh, there's a little bit gone on. Yeah. Uh, so, Everton defender Michael Keane signed the new five-year contract today. So, yeah. would you say, Greeny, that he's probably cementing himself in that Everton team for a good long time and he's obviously been recalled to the England squad as well last week. So, mm. I'm surprised, mate. I'm very surprised. I'll give you that. Mm. I, don't, I don't think he should have probably been called up to England because I didn't think he had a great season. Um, and I'm very surprised he's in the plans with Ancelotti, mate, and they've given him a five-year deal. If I'm being brutally honest, I thought he might have been a player what may have been sacked off and gone to another club. I didn't rate him at all last year. I mean, I don't know if you agree with me on that one, mate, but I think that Mina had a better season than what he did. Yeah, I'm not a massive Michael Keane fan. Mm. Um, and I think I wouldn't be picking him in my uh, starting England eleven no. at the Euros no. next year. Um, I'm not, as I've touched on many times on here, you, he's not someone that I, well, he's, I'm not a massive fan myself at no. all, like you said. Um, I don't think, I didn't think he'd, he'd sign a five-year deal, put it that way. There's not many players that sign five-year contracts, so he's obviously must be in Ancelotti's plans, mm. but I'm surprised, like you said, he didn't have the greatest of seasons and surprised Ancelotti didn't want to replace him. Do you reckon him. England called him up due to the lack of centre-half we've got as England or not? Possibly, yeah. Obviously, we have, again, we've touched on that in the podcast before mm. where we spoke about um, England stuff and we said England have not many young centre-halves that are of decent quality. Yeah. Um, and I think that highlights it when we're rec- when we're recalling someone like Michael Keane to the squad. Um that highlights that you know we haven't really got an abundance of centre halves. Yeah. Um, but sticking with Everton, yeah. um, I think this one's confirmed. They've signed Alan from Napoli. Yeah, decent. Yeah, 
So, you know, Ancelotti's starting to, and obviously they're sticking with Everton again. They're looking at James Rodriguez, and I think that deal was pretty close to getting over the line. Obviously, it's not been confirmed yet. But do you think they've signed for Everton because of Carlo Ancelotti and his reputation? Yeah, I think you're a bit on the head there, mate. I think they are just signing because Ancelotti's there. I mean, obviously, he's got Napoli ties, hasn't he? Um, so that'd be why he's yeah. coming. I, I don't know if he can. If it, it's a different ball game in the Prem, Jack. I don't know if these players he's bringing in will do it. I really don't know. I mean, what, what are Everton looking at as in team wise? Are they looking to it top four? I don't know. Or the fans? What do the fans want? It's one of them questions you got to ask yourself. But where do they expect to finish in the league? I mean, to me, Everton are just a Europa League mid-table side. Yeah, I'd say top ten, maybe push for Europa. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think I think he's got to bring European football to Everton. I think that's that's got to be his aim. Yeah. Um, I think anything less than that, and he, I'm not saying he'll go or he'll be sacked because I think they've gone through a lot of managers in the last couple of seasons, Everton, and they need a bit of stability there. But they need to a club like that needs to be going for European football, and anything other than that is probably deemed as a failure and not good enough really yeah especially if you're not finishing in the top 10 yeah, I couldn't agree more mate yeah spot on again sticking with uh, transfer news and conf- confirmations of transfers Tottenham aside Matt Doherty from Wolves what do you make of that yeah. I mean I had to look twice at that one to play is this right and uh, yeah he's a good player mate but again he's out of backwards steps of Spurs I mean I was in the Champions League final a couple of seasons back and Surely they should be aiming for higher, higher played players than that. Do you know what I mean? I mean, to me, he's bang average. I wouldn't say he's a worldie, mate. To be quite honest. No, to be fair, but is he? I mean, I, I rate Mike Doherty. I thought he had quite a good season at Wolves. Obviously, if you listened on our couple of episodes back, we did our team of the season, and we had Matt Doherty in mm. at right back. Yeah. Um, so. I, you know, I'm a fan. Jacko is a fan. Um, I just think, like you said, though, is it potentially not a step back as such? Because I think he's better than Sergio Rio. Uh-huh. But is he is he capable of slotting into that team straight away and hitting the ground running? You know. Yeah. But it, for me, for me, he's a good defender. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, I've, yeah, you're right in saying will, will he cement his place? And time will tell, obviously. But I can't. I can't see him, uh, Jose, dropping that Aurier, to be honest. I thought he's one of the... <laughs> I know you don't rate him, but I thought he had quite a half-decent season, considering what yeah. he had going on in his private life and how he held himself out as a professional, I thought was cracking. But, again, I'm sure he must be in his plans or he wouldn't have brought him in. I can't see Doherty sitting on the bench, mate, and not playing week in, week out, when he could have stayed at Wolves getting first-team football. So... Yeah, you might see a reshape in the old Spurs lineup, eh? Yeah. Jack, are you with us yes, now? Yes, mate. Yeah, apologies for that. That's all right, mate. Um, sticking with that then, obviously you weren't here when we started talking about mm. it, but confirmed is um, Matt Doherty to Wolves. What do you make of that? It's an interesting one. Um, you know, I, I caught the back end of, of what Greeny was saying about Serge Aurier. Um, I... I there have been times where Aurier's looked a bit jakey at the back um, and whether or not that they feel that 
better competition for Aurier might either they're preparing to change his role or they're wanting to offload him or as as Greeny said they may change their shape but I, I personally think they would they should be starting Doherty um, I think yeah what, what what happened to Aurier at the back end of that season was, was harrowing and you know, applaud the man for the fact that he he carried on with all of that stuff going on in in his personal life. Um, I, I just think Jose feels that, or whether or not it was a Jose signing or not, you don't know. But they obviously feel that there is better defensive options out there than Serge Aurier. Hence, why they brought in Doherty. Yeah, I, obviously you've just joined us. Um, I was just saying that we, more so me and you, I can't remember if Greeny picked him or not, but we picked him as our team of the year. He was our uh, fullback. So, no, we had Alexander Arnold and Johnny as our fullback. Oh, we did. Yeah. Sorry. My apologies then to the listeners. I thought we had uh, Matt Doherty, but we didn't. No, we had Johnny instead. I'm getting confused. So maybe we don't rate him as well as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, I, I think for that team of the season that we did, uh, Alexander Arnold was the only right back that was ever in contention for that. Personally, um, the guy was just outstanding that season. Um, I, I think it's an interesting signing for Wall uh, for Spurs. Um, I'm not quite sure where Wolves go with this now. Because I did say that if if the if they could keep the majority of that squad, they'd be they'd be up there. Um, but if Doherty is gone, no, there's still rumours flying around that Jimenez is going. There's rumours that clubs want Traore now. You know, Wolves have to invest this wisely, unless they've got another option for for their right winger wing back. I don't know. But yeah, um, we touched about this on the Facebook Live um, and we had quite a good discussion about it as well. So, boys, the question is, is Lionel Messi going to join Manchester City or is he going to join PSG? Is he going to stay at Barca? Greeny, what do you reckon? Um, he's going Man City, mate. I think, I think you'll see him come very soon. He ain't going to stay at Barca. I think he's made that pretty clear. And he'll team up with Pep. And uh, I don't know how true it is, but Guardiola was over in Barcelona this week, um, seen pictured in restaurants. So maybe that could be a little insight that he's gone over to speak to the Barca hierarchy. I don't know. But he would definitely be at Man City this season. Yeah, well, as of today, um, Messi didn't turn up for coronavirus testing with the Barcelona squad. Mm. So, like you say, that is, that's possibly another indication that he's on his way out. Um, Jacko, what do you make? Do you think he's going to leave today? Well, it's it's going to be an interesting one because La Liga have come out this weekend saying that he has got the release clause contract activated. So, Barcelona have the right to reject anything for less than 700 million euros. Now, if Barcelona are going to be realistic about it, Lionel Messi's getting on in age and no one's going to want to spend 700 million euros on a player that's just getting older. 
So if he doesn't want to play for Barcelona, they will have to agree an amicable deal with who the parties that are interested. Now, if it's likely that it's going to be Man City with the Pep history and what he did with him at Barcelona, I personally would love to see him in the Premier League, regardless of how many seasons he may or may not have in the Premier League. But I'd love to see him in it. Um, there was talk this morning that potentially Juve could go for a, a deal there and link him up with Ronaldo. Um, obviously, PSG are the only other realistic ones that could probably afford it. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't see how this is going to end. And I just don't, as I said on Friday, I don't think it's going to end well for both parties. I still think Barcelona are going to make him look at the villain. Messi said that he doesn't want to play for him. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, it's just going to be one of those watch these spaces moments, I think, to find out how they're going to go about it. Because, um, yeah, I, I just can't see any club willing to pay 700 million euros for Lionel Messi at this rate. Yeah, like you said, I think it's another one of those where we just got to keep keep our eyes on it, and I'm sure there'll be a couple more twists and turns to the the messy saga mm. um, in the in the coming days, maybe over the coming weeks as well. Was that was that pun intended as well? No, it wasn't. Or, or were you not describing it as a messy saga? No, I'll uh, leave that to you because you used that <laughs> the, you used that on the Facebook live. What you so. got to remember is as well, though, like, boys, is if Messi don't want to play and they keep him there, he ain't going to want to play. He ain't going to get in the squad. They're going to be paying wages, what they don't want to be paying, which I'm sure it's quite a bit of money. So the quicker they offload him, the better they get all this shit out and they can start going from there and start the season up and running. Yeah. Like Jack has said, it, it, it is a messy situation. It's it, The way it's going is it's going to be uh, tricky for both parties, you know, it's not, there's nothing amicable about it anymore. You know, Messi's not turned up for coronavirus testing. He's the way he goes on. He's probably not going to turn up for, for their training. You know, he's going to dig his heels in. He's going to want to leave. Barca are going to want him to stay. You know, are they going to want, you know, like Jackie said as well, like there's not many clubs. There's not a big pool of clubs that can afford him. No, Man City, I don't know. Obviously again, I don't know the truth, but they have offered 89.5 mil plus Jesus, plus Garcia, and plus Bernardo Silva for Messi. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know how much truth there is into it. Obviously, we, mm. we spoke about this the other day in our little group chat, and for me, it's probably a fair offer. Maybe maybe drop, chuck it up to 100 mil, plus those players. Mm. You know, it's, it's a fair deal, you know, but how many, realistically, how many seasons could Manchester yes. City get out of Messi at his best. I don't know. I think it also boils down to even they're just signing the amount of money they'll make on sponsorship, shirt yeah. sales. So it's not just the football inside you've got to look at. Now, if you're doing it from a business point of view, the Man City chairman or the Man City owners will be rubbing their hands together if they get this deal over the line. Yeah, they've got to pay a fair bit out for wages. But again, they're going to make deals on sponsorship, shirt sales and even like FIFA and stuff like that, they make money, massive money on on Messi coming to the Prem. Yeah, I completely agree, mate. He'll be probably be the poster boy, wouldn't he, for the Premier yeah, League? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, obviously for Man City. Yeah, and I think, like you said, business business wise, it will be if Man City get over the line, it will there'll be a lot of money coming in from that from various avenues, whether that be 
I'm pretty sure Sky would use them for their advertising. Yeah. Um, you know, Man City would use it everywhere. And I don't think there's another, another league what it would go to apart from the Prem, my personal opinion. I really don't. I can't see him going to Italy or France. I think I don't think it, I don't think he'll go to PSG either. No, I can't. I, I don't even uh, think Italy, Jack. To be fair, I think it's Prem and that's it. Yeah, like I think, like Jacko said on the Facebook Live, though, I'd, I'd love to see him in the Premier League. Mm. Um, the only shame for me is he's not come sooner. No, but he is obviously still, if not the best. The thing the is, he ain't come sooner, mate. Was there a need for him to come sooner when? It's only like recently Barca have been a bit on the rails. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So is he, is he now looked at and think, right, yeah, the era of, of Barcelona's gone. It's time to move on now and try and win some other silverware what I haven't got. You know? Yeah. And, I think, I think and right, Premier League's think... a massive trophy to have on your CV as well, isn't it? Oh, of course it is. And, uh, and, people and it, have said... it probably, sorry to interrupt, it probably oh, might give Manchester, Manchester City that answer to the question of can they win a Champions League if they were to get him. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Yeah, possibly so. Um, I, I still I still maintain Man City's main aim is to win the Champions League. Um, we got, you know, I, I think that's key for them. Um, you know, the, as, Gre- as Greeny's pointed out, the marketing side, you, I, I can't even fathom the amount of Manchester City shirt sales that will have Messi on the back if he was to go. Um, the thing is as well, the the players, if if what Greeny has said is is the sort of ballpark figure that Manchester City are offering, I don't think the this players that are going will affect Manchester City that much. No, no. I don't. I, I think you know they're, they're they're talented players, but if Messi comes in, well, you're not going to need Bernardo Silva anyway because he's always going to get ahead of him, and you'd have Sterling on the other side. And to be fair, if you have Aguero, you could probably have them rotate. Um, Jesus, uh, he's always going to play second fiddle to Aguero. And is it a case of whether or not he's going to want to go first-team football elsewhere or guaranteed first-team football elsewhere? And and then obviously Garcia, yeah, it, it sort of puts back on a question of who can they bring in as replacement for centre-half. But with some of the players that the Manchester City Youth Academy bring through... That you, you've probably got two or three lined up as potential replacements anyway. So yeah, I, I think it's definitely a good deal for would it for both parties. Would it not make it better though if they had some more appealing players to try? If they're that desperate for Messi, the likes of well chucking De Bruyne in a swap or Riyad Man, Man City would never, I don't. I I would never ever see after David Silva going. I would never see them getting rid of De Bruyne. I just don't think that would make any sense. I think why, if the rumour of that deal is true, I think it makes perfect sense for Barcelona because they've been moaning for years that they haven't got attacking players or enough attacking players. And Jesus and Bernardo Silva stay fit. And, it, you know, obviously they had all that issue with Braithwaite back in January or February after the window had shot. So it sort of pushes it back into a position where Barcelona actually favour the deal. Mm, yeah. I know, I'm not saying you know, they're never going to replace the quality that Messi that takes with with him, but you know it sort of answers the questions of what Barcelona were doing in February against the transfer window policies that have been put in place uh, to sign a player on an emergency deal if they're offering him 
those sort of players because I'm pretty sure Braithwaite's left Barcelona or he's going to leave Barcelona this summer as well so mm. yeah I, I don't I don't think Man City would get rid of their more reputable players in order to get them I just don't think they would no I don't, I don't think they would I think also I think oh. Man City are trying to get De Bruyne on a new contract as well renew his contract mm. so I think that will come through in the next week as well um, I think if if Messi was sort of four or five years younger, then yes, maybe. Yeah. But then it would have been a lot more money to part with because he would have been more worth. Do you um, not? He would have been worth more than what he is now. Do you not think if players are doing these swap deals that Man United could come into this equation now with the players they've got and they could do some swaps? Let's put Paul Pogba in the spotlight and swap him over. Obviously, there were talks of Pogba not getting on with Oli at the time. I know he's come back in the squad, but his sort of calibre would probably fit Barcelona as well. So, surely they might be able to put him up for a swap plus a bit of dosh to get. Yeah, but I I think United may have to part with one of either Martial or Rashford as well. And Mm, I I just don't think Man Man United have got the the backing behind them to do it. I don't think they got that either to be able able to get rid of those players and then replace them. I don't. I don't think they've got enough strength and depth. Whereas Man City have got the ability to offload Bernardo Silva and still have enough quality to win games and score goals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Moving on, then, boys. A little bit more transfer gossip. Um, Jacko, Aston Villa want to uh, bring back Tammy Abraham uh, back to their park, but. He wants, yeah. he wants to stay at Chelsea to his place. Do you think he mm. should go alone to Villa or do you think he should stay? Bear in mind, Chelsea have some very, very strong attacking players that they've signed. Yeah. Villa, Villa have been after Tammy Abraham for two seasons now. Um, he proved his worth in the Championship for them. And he's, for whatever reason... Lampard hasn't given him, especially after the restart, Lampard hasn't given him the opportunities because obviously Giroud has performed. Now, obviously, Werner started off well, albeit it was only a pre-season friendly against Brian. He got on the goal, on the score sheet yesterday. Um, I, I could see him having a better chance than Giroud, but if I'm being perfectly honest, I'd probably sit there and let him go to Villa. Because then it gives it gives Abraham a, pro- a point to prove that he can do it in the Premier League. Um, yeah, that's, that's how I see that. I, I, I just think it would be better for him to go to Villa. Yeah, I think... For the sake of his career at the moment, he should probably go to Villa or go to anywhere else if anyone wants him on loan yeah, in, the, yeah. in the Premier League. I just yeah. think he's, he's 22. He's had, he had a successful, like I say, he had a successful spell in the Championship with Villa. He, before the lockdown, he played a little bit at Chelsea. He was scoring. He wasn't scoring a massive amount of goals, but he was scoring some goals. Yeah, I just think for his career... Yeah, like I say, like I say, if he's, he's young and stuff like that, he needs to be playing first team football. I, I get you on them first team football, but I don't think it would be the right move to go to Villa. To be honest, it could it could 
basically fuck his career up even more. I think it could greenie, but it could also especially if, especially especially if Villa go down. Could do the opposite though. Then he's just a then he's just championship player again, isn't he? Yeah, but it's yeah. only a loan deal. It's not You're a loan right. deal, Greeny. It's a loan yeah. deal. Yeah, I know. So, I, uh, even if it's a loan, though, let's say he has his, uh, he goes to on loan to Villa, and he just a jack all, mate. He ain't got no he ain't got no chance of getting back in the Chelsea squad. Mm. And what other club then is going to want to come and have a look at him? Yeah, but really? then does he want to sit on the bench for the whole season watching Werner and Ziyech and that at Chelsea? It's, it's a tough yeah. one, really. It's... I think you'd be surprised, mate. I reckon he'll get more game time as what than what we think. I really do. Yeah, but he's also got Batshuayi coming back. Batshuayi, all right, yes, they want to get rid of him, but Batshuayi is there as well. You've got Werner, you've got Giroud. So there's four strikers there and they play one up top. So... You know how I appreciate that. You know it may fuck up his career, but if Villa aren't the only interested party in there, they, if they've got better options, then I still think a loan move would be beneficial for him. But you know, I bet, yeah, you're right. You're right. But like again, it just depends on the yeah. club. Oh, I mean, like maybe an Everton or a, yeah, like that that'd be a good shout. Not a, not a villa for me. No. Well, I, I think if, if the rumours are to be believed that Grealish is being sought after by United, I, I think I think that puts massive issues in front of Villa. Because not only are they going to need a striker, they're going to need a creative player for their side as well. So And the left back is meant to be on his way out. Target uh, target to Leicester. No, okay. Matt Target is meant to be one uh, Leicester's uh, number one target. Would you have him over Alonso? No, I wouldn't. No, because no. you love Alonso. No. I think he's the best yeah. left I like, I like Alonso. I just, I just don't think... Tar- I mean, Target, yeah, he's got Premier League experience, but he's not been a standout for me, mate. He, this is After Extra Time, the podcast that's full of puns today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Greedy, sticking with uh, Aston Villa, they're looking at a £10 yeah. million offer for Arsenal's goalkeeper, Emiliano Martinez. What do you make of that? Not going to happen. Not going to happen, mate. <laughs> he's cemented his first team. He's, he's number one now for Arsenal. End of story. Let's move on, Jack. Thank you very no much. No problem. Very abrupt. I like it. Straight, straight, straight <laughs> to the point. Sounds like you hit a nerve there, Jack. Yeah. Well, I'm just just reading a bit of gossip and I've, I've had my head bit off. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, we spoke about Everton. Uh, Jack, mm. obviously, you, I don't think you were here. We spoke about Alan and who signed yeah. and Rodriguez potentially over the line uh, in the mm. coming week. They're also looking at. Um, it says Ancelotti's interested in Sergio Romero, um, which I think if they could get him, would be a very good signing because obviously we spoke about uh, Romero and his how undervalued he's been at United. Yeah. Um, and Pickford at times over the last season has been a little bit inconsistent. Mm. Um. The question is, would Romero be Ancelotti's number one? Uh, it's a tough one to ask, isn't it? Um, I, I think Romero is deserved of a first-team opportunity. It puts it puts a very, very big question on what Pickford's career will be like if that was to happen. Because I I have a funny feeling you could go down the same way as Joe Hart. Um, 
somewhere. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's a great signing, but it does then beg the question of who he's going to pick as his number one. Um, I'd probably go with Romero. I, I just think, yeah, there there are a lot. There are some question marks forming over Pickford. I mean, he started off really well at Everton, and that was a poor Everton sign that he was in when they first brought him in, and he did a, a, a work. He, he did remarkably well to sort of keep them afloat, and then obviously he had the World Cup, and he was, you know, he was sort of coveted after that. But then after that, it's just gone downhill. Now the question is, will his performances sort of pick up now that he knows that the Euros are next season? Or is it a case that, you know, has he not got to worry because Dean Henderson's not going to be playing for Man United because he'll probably have De Gea or Nick Pope? Is he going to be England's number one now? So, yeah, it's it's a tough one to ask. But I think if if Romero does go, it does bring questions to what Pickford, what, what Pickford will do for his career. I think Pope will be rubbing his hands together and all because if Romero goes to Everton, he'll be number one. Pickford would drop down. You got, you got Dean Henderson as number two, so he won't be getting as much game time. You got Popey who's number one at Burnley, and he's in form, mm. so he'll be rubbing his hands mm. together, thinking I could now be the England number one. Because if, if, if yeah. as much as Dean Henderson's a great keeper, if he's not getting game time, Southgate really can't pick him. Yeah, you know, so it's going to be a fantastic move for Pope if uh, Romero goes to Everton and he uh, and Endo stays with United. It'd be fantastic for Pope, and I'd like to see Pope in that number one shirt. To be fair, yeah, I'd agree with you, Greeny. I think he's uh, more than deserved of him being the number one goalkeeper for England, especially the way he played uh, last season. Uh, I've got um, one more little point to make, boys, and then I've got a little quiz. Seeing as you two have uh, up the quiz game over the last week or so. No, no, I've upped the quiz game. He hasn't been involved. Well, true, have, yeah. Have you, have you, uh, have, have who, you noticed who, that... The... Who started the quiz in? Yeah, yeah but you also but have you up. noticed that the quizzes have been... Yeah, exactly. The quizzes <laughs> have been a lot better since I took them over. So, yeah. <laughs> Although, um... before, before we move on, I will say, lads, I'm disappointed in your performance on Friday night. Yes, okay. Well, uh, I'm so disappointed. With I that. Wouldn't, wouldn't jump the gun too far. I've got the quiz for you. If you do poor in the quiz, your performance will be highlighted if you do poor yeah, in but, the quiz. Yeah, but your, my argument to that is I'm a Millwall fan and you think I've got no football knowledge anyway, so... No, I don't think that I'm at just all. to make up the numbers, apparently. No, I think you've got very... Uh, I value your football knowledge, so I'm sure <laughs> you should do fantastic in this quiz. Yeah, I don't. I'm a um, quiz master, not a quizzer. Well... You've just found the excuses now. We've not even started the quiz. Um, <laughs> Greeny, this or well, yesterday yeah. saw the first sort of pilot scheme in football where we had fans or mm. s- some fans, should I say, not all, um, but watching yeah. football for the first time. So that was a Brighton versus Chelsea game. Um, what do you make yeah. of that? Do you think we're finally going to start seeing more and more fans in these pilot schemes? Yeah, I think you will, mate. I mean, it it did. It was quite good actually to see the fans mm. in there, and uh, it's nice to see the fans back. Fair play to Brighton for the team to step forward and say they'll try it at first. Um, and again, this boils back to what we knew about a month ago, lads, when Marlon come on, and he come up with this great idea, and he said to us, "Look, this is what I'm trying to do," and 
I can reveal if you go on to his Instagram now, he's revealed on his Instagram that he's actually had a contract signed through West Ham. Oh wow! Um, and he's having the, the West Ham are having all the turnstiles in the stadium from Kingy. So I'll quickly go through it a bit, but you can log on and see it. But basically, they walk through. It's a red light. They scan your temperature. If it's good, it turns green, and then it sprays you down with sanitizer, and then you walk through. Um, so I reckon it's a great idea. It's nice to see the fans back in again, but. I have to applaud Kingy for what he's doing to get everyone back into these stadiums because it's in real what he's putting and the effort he's putting. So, yeah, perfect, mate. And it's nice to see fans getting back to see their own Definitely. teams. Um, just going on, on, on it still, Jacko, there was mm. loads of hand sanitation points on the way to the ground. You were required to wear a face mask or a face mm-hmm. covering um, yeah. as you queued in, but you didn't have to wear it when you were seated. Uh, fans were made to be kept a seat apart. And there was only 2,524 fans there. Um, obviously, you've been a massive Millwall fan as well. Do you think it's obviously it's, it's obviously going to be good, but do you think it's, it's great to see these sort of pilot schemes being tested and things being trialled and errored? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you know, just not just a football standpoint as well. You know, I'm a massive cricket fan, and the atmosphere at cricket games can be phenomenal if the crowd's there. Watching the test series this this summer was good, but because it was back, but it was it was there was no sort of atmosphere there, especially with a couple of lads that got their maiden test hundreds and maiden well, wins and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, Zach Crawley did it. You know, he got his maiden double hundred for England, and there was no one there to celebrate. James Anderson got six hundred wickets yeah. as the only pace bowler to do it but you know cricket aside I, I think it is good the fact that they're planning to bring fans back and I like what what grounds are doing to sort of uh, police it um, it's just whether or not they'd be able to police it every week I think that's the, that's now the next question that's got to be asked about it is can they have enough people to police the crowds that they need to if they're going to bring them week in week out yeah, I think again. I think it's one of those things where time will tell. Um, mm. And as as with anything that's new and the situations that are unknown, there's going to be trial and error. There's going to be mistakes made. There's going to be things learned. But like, albeit not a large percentage mm. of fans, but it's nice to see some fans back around. Um, and hopefully, things will keep. I think. Oh, oh, oh. Go on, mate. No, I was just going to say, I, I just found it really hilarious because I saw that on Sky Sports News this morning that they were saying that the fans are chanting away and Sky Sports had cut to a picture of a group of fans that were on their phone and not even paying attention to what was going on in the game. <laughs> I just thought that's brilliant. <laughs> you're, trying to, you're trying to advertise the fact the fans are back and you've got them the most boring poses that you can think of. To be fair, in hindsight, to yeah. fans, though, it obviously was a pre-season friendly, so it probably wasn't the most important game and it was mm. obviously a draw, but... Um... No, but I think with the amount of fans that have been arguing about the fact that they they can't go and see their, their yeah. club, you, I know it's a pre-season friendly, but even I've been to a couple of pre-season friendlies where the atmosphere has actually been really, really good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know whether or not they, they were paid by Brighton to turn <laughs> up for a day and just try and look happy the being fact, there. I don't know. The fact that they've gone to watch Brighton could be a factor to that as well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, boys, to finish off with, um, I've got a little quiz for us. Sort of along the same lines as Jacko's. Um, I sort of stole the uh, outlay of the quiz. So from, no, from okay. the year 2000 to up till now, can you name 
between you, we can do it like we did on the Facebook Live where one goes and the other one goes. Uh, yeah. Can you name the 10 players from the year 2000 to last year, the Ballon d'Or winners? Oh, fucking hell. Okay. Oh, fucking... I've got to beat Jacko. If I don't beat him, boys and uh, viewers, listeners, I'm leaving. <laughs> Let's hope Jacko beats you then. I'll tell you what, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. I'd have to set the rights with me though, boys. No. <laughs> right, uh, let Jack go. I'll let Jack Jacko go first. I've yeah, no so obviously 2020 was obviously cancelled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Um, there is 10 players yeah. in the last 19 years that have won it. Um, yeah. So whenever you're ready, boys. Right, well, I've got to go with the obvious ones, haven't I? So Messi. You're correct. <laughs> Lionel Messi is on there. Um, <laughs> oh, what a shock. I'm going to have to go with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. And shock, surprisingly, he's also on there. So 1-1, one, one, eight to go. Kaka? Kaka is on the list. Yeah, 2007, he won the Ballon d'Or. Oh, that was mine. 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> <Two ones today. laughs> I'm going to have to go with um, Zidane Zidane. Zidane. Is the suspense Jack's killing me? Not on the list because he won it in nineteen. Oh. He won it in nineteen ninety eight. Oh. Oh. Oh, I could go. I could go three one up here. <laughs> um, I think there's actually eleven. Owen, Michael Owen, Michael Owen is on the list. Two thousand and one winner. Yeah, get in. Three one. Uh... I think there's eleven boys. I think I missed one out. Oh, no, no, you say. I've been a bit of green. Oh, fucking hell. Am I, am I losing, aren't I? Shit. Yeah, I'm you lose it. Yeah, there's 11. Uh, I'm going to say... We've got Ron, four of them. I'm going to say Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho. Good shout. Good Is... Is... On the list, 2005. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm three, back in the game, Jacko. Three, two, six, <laughs> five down, six to go. Beckham. Beckham. Oh, that's a good answer. Is not on the list. <laughs> oh, okay. He Ooh, came second. Killer. He came second, but it was in 1999. No, okay. Ooh, shit. Now it's putting it on me, though. Because I was thinking... <laughs> this is your chance to <laughs> level the side up, really. No pressure. Uh, no pressure. I was thinking Beckham. I'm glad Jacko said that. <laughs> um, oh, shit. I'm going to go... Uh, this is a real punt. But I'm going to go for the Brazilian Ronaldo. He is on the list, really. 2002, yes, come on. Yeah, get in. Yeah, three, three, yeah. six down, five to go, boys. Henri. Good answer. Henri is not on the list. He came no, second no. in two thousand three, and he came third in no. two thousand six. Mm. Surprising. Uh, yeah, I was thinking. Two, I was thinking two thousand and six. Yeah, he came. He came it. third yeah, in no. that year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for. It's a fucking hard, isn't it? 
It is. I'm going to go for... It's harder than it looks. Luis Figo. Luis Figo is on the list, Rooney. 2000, yes. isn't it? Oh, wow. Come on. Great shout. Great shout, indeed, yeah. 4 3 Greeny. So we've got we've got seven and there's four left. Correct. Four left. Can you can you tell me what years we've got left? Yeah, two seconds. No. So you've got no go on. You've got a twenty eighteen Ballon d'Or winner. Mm. Yeah. And then you've got two thousand and six Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah. Two thousand and four Ballon d'Or winner. And 2003 Ballon d'Or. So 2003-2004-2006-2018-2007-2008-2009-2010-2011-2012-2013-2014-2015-2016-2017-2018-2019-2020-2021-2022-2023-2024-2025-2026-2027-2028-2029-2028-2029-2029-2029-2029-2029-2
I've got Chavi, Deco, and Cannavaro. But I don't know which one to edge towards. Uh, uh, I can't let Jacko get a draw either. I'll tell you, I'm just going to so go... I'm, I'm I'm, just gonna... my, my player pool is very, very limited right about now. <laughs> I'm trying to remember 2003 and 2006. <sighs> Difficult, man, this is. I'm, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Cannavaro because of the World Cup in 2006. So if you get this, Greening, you've won. Yeah, yeah. And I can confirm. Yeah. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Hey! <laughs> that um, Fabio Cannavaro came yeah. first. Probably second. Yes! In the, oh, in the 2006 well Ballon d'Or. Well yeah, done. Because of the World so Cup. So well done, Greening. When Italy won it, Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Buffon right. was second that year. That oh, was good. Now, now, give us the nationality of the last one. Me and Jack will try and get it. I feel like I'd give you, yeah. give you this. You might get it, but he... Go it's, on, 2003 Ballon d'Or when it was from Czech Republic. Is it... Oh, just, oh, this is a long word. shot. I don't know if it, if he's Czech Republic, but... Oh, this is a long shot. Pavel Nedved? You're correct, Greeny. Pavel Nedved. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I didn't even think that. I was nowhere near that. Dorna. So, well done, boys. That was... Yeah, yeah. Good point. yeah, yeah. Very that. good. It's nice to get one over on Jacko. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't a resounding defeat like I thought it was going to be. No, you held no. your own. You fought about well as well with... Um, yeah. You said, but... Oh, Shevchenko. Yeah, great shout. I would never have got that. That was a good chance. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I yeah. See, I, I, I hadn't even thought of Italy winning the World Cup in two thousand and six. I just had Henri in two thousand and six because he was phenomenal that season. Yeah, I, think he was... I, I genuinely, I genuinely thought he'd won the Ballon d'Or that year. Third and second a couple of times. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, boys. Just wrap it up. We are. Um, Jacko would love some emails. I, you know, yeah, he really would. Someone please send them an email. I do. The, yeah, because I'll get bored of not waiting and not getting anything. <laughs> the email address is afterextratime2020 at gmail.com. Just send him anything. Say he talks tosh. Say he's rubbish at quizzing. Yeah. Say anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd probably agree with him, to be fair. <laughs> um, this podcast will be out, as usual, um, Monday or Tuesday. Probably Tuesday, knowing Greeny. Well, it's a bank holiday, so he should be having it out tomorrow, shouldn't he? He should do. I'm on. I'm on, I'm on holiday Mondays, boys. <laughs> no, I'll have it out tomorrow. It'll be out tomorrow. There you go. So the podcast is out tomorrow. We do our usual Facebook farces, as Jacko calls them. Yeah, with our 2.5k mm. views. Yeah, amazing. Which is our best. So yeah. Thank you, everyone, for watching uh, and listening, and everything. I, I just had a look before we started the, the podcast. It got up to nine thousand people. At, at, it reached 9,000 people which is fantastic really for three idiots talking a load of crap <laughs> yeah um, yeah but that's fantastic so thank you to everyone that listens to these watches the Facebook lives yeah. tells their friends everything mm. please keep doing what you're doing we really do appreciate it yep. um, follow us on Facebook our Facebook page after extra time keep an eye out Thursday or Friday the lives are they're turning more to be towards the Fridays now but keep an eye out um, yep. and yeah hashtag past the pod as usual, my two co-hosts have been brilliant. So thank you, boys. 
Yes, thank you very much. Uh, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from them. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.